Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unapologetic Podcast. I'm Lena. I'm going to be talking with Pastor Billy, and we are explaining the reason for our hope. All right. Awesome. So, hey, Pastor Billy, we're back. I'm Lena. Good to be here. Yeah. We're going to get the next episode of the unapologetic podcast going and we talked a lot about in our last session uh, what scripture says about itself what history says about scripture kind of a whole bunch of different things that basically say the bible is real we can trust the bible I know for me one of the biggest things that I have a hard time with is when I'm going into a conversation with somebody that I know calls themselves an atheist, is convinced that there is no God, mm-hmm. and having an idea of how to start a conversation with someone that believes that, knowing the first thing they're going to say is, I don't believe that there is a God, is really difficult. So can you speak to that a little bit? Can you answer can you answer the question, does God exist? And this is what I'm going to say. Yes, I can answer the question based on evidence. See, if somebody says there is no God, then in a very kind and compassionate way, I need to say to them, um, we are really not equipped to know whether there is a God or not, because we would have to know about every single thing in the universe to know if there is a God or right. if there's not a God, right? Right. So it would be arrogant of me to say there is no God because I don't have that kind of information available to me. You know right. what I mean? And so in the same token, you know, when you're using logical arguments, it's very difficult to prove or disprove the existence of God. So what we do is we talk about evidence. That's, that's how always you, that's, helpful. Right. So what? where's the evidence lie? What, what kind of evidence do we have against there being a God who exists? And what kind of evidence do we have that, that's based on, do we have a God that exists? Right? And it's always fun to get into that. Now, a lot of people will then right away jump into saying, well, science is in the favor of there is no God. And I say, you know what? Actually, science is in the favor of there is a God. So why don't we talk about it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And And now you're having that spiritual conversation that you were nervous about in the first place. You're in it. You're in it. That's exactly right. So let me give you a couple different ways, four different ways to talk about God and and arguments that people use and have used throughout history um, to, to weigh the evidence heavily on the favor of God. Okay? Okay. First is called the argument from cause. Some people call it the cosmological cosmological argument. And the argument states that if there is matter, then there must have been a cause for that matter. Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, if something exists, there's a reason for it existing. There is, you can't have something exist out of nothing. That's okay. the point of this, right? Okay. Yeah. You can't have something that is going on or something that is moving without something having caused that movement. Matter of fact, motion um, is an effect of cause. Something causes it, right? Right. Thomas Aquinas, who was who was a writer a long, long time ago, theologian, was the first one to state this position by saying, "Whatever is moved must be moved by another." 
Okay. okay? Yep. Which totally contradicts what the Big Bang Theory says. Big Bang Theory says there's nothing. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, how did you had these atoms emerging and you had this perfect setting. And when the atoms and the perfect setting came together, then all of a sudden, bam. And all of a sudden you had this big bang and all of a sudden we have the, the world. And I'm, I'm saying, okay, um, where did the atoms come from and where did the perfect setting come from? Right. Well, they, well, that's the point. And remember how we talked last week about apologetics being more of just throwing a stone in a shoe? Right. Than yeah. it is winning an argument. That's what this is. It's just saying you can't have something come from nothing. That's why you have this term intelligent design that has become so popular lately. Right? So let me, let me say this. Um, let's say you were cleaning your room or your office. Okay. About how long does it take, Lena, for it to get all messy again? Just talking about your desk, let's say. You know, this is a little bit embarrassing, if I'm being honest, but I would say on a good day, it would take about 48 hours tops. Okay. And right, on a bad a, on a day, good... it could be about 30 minutes, and 30, then we're done again. 30 minutes, so, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a principle in the second law of thermodynamics, for those of you who study physics, it's called entropy. Entropy means that something always goes from the state of order to disorder. Always. That is the word I always. have been searching for okay. to describe Your life my desk. is entropy, correct. Yes, yeah. Or your desk. Uh -huh. Okay, yeah. sorry, not your life, your desk. Oh, but but no, um, <laughs> you know, people say that, well, this atom or these atoms and this this perfect setting just existed eternally. Forever. And it's like, no, you know what? If, if something's always going from a point of order to disorder, it must have had a start because it always can be a midpoint. You can't have e existing eternally without it, and then all of a sudden existing eternally the other direction. There had to be a starting point. If entropy and the second law of thermodynamics is part of our existence, then there had to be a starting point for there to be a declining point. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And so um, we have the verse, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's what we believe, that God caused everything. It's not out of nothing. God can make something out of nothing. You know why? Because God exists. He's the something. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely, He is yeah. the something that, that is eternal. Does that make sense? Yep. Well, that's the argument from cause. But okay. one, of the, one of the real compelling arguments is what we call the argument from design. And what I'm saying is that the sequencing and the functional complexity in the world are just absolutely undeniable. I mean, this world is complex, and it's held together, and it stays together. Think of the water cycle, even. It's like, man, if you really understand the water cycle, well, how did that, what, you know what I mean? Right. It, it, there's so many complexities in the world that it's just amazing. So I... I I know that this is a story that's been written or an argument that's been going on for hundreds of years, but I'm going to use it. Okay. Let's say you were able to go to a spot in the world where it was, it, it was a perfect spot. Nobody had ever been there before, and weather or natural disaster had not taken its toll on this spot. Okay. And you go and you found a rock. You'd say, oh, I'd assume to find a rock. You know, it's in the desert or something like that or something. Right. But let's say you went and found a pocket watch. Okay, it would ask you'd have to ask yourself different questions. You'd have to ask yourself, who made this? Yeah, that would be confusing. It would be confusing. And then your second question would, would have to follow, why was it made? Because when you look at the pocket watch, you look at the hands, you look at the glass, you look at the gears, you look at the wind up, you look at the brass, and you're like, 
this looked like somebody designed it. Whereas the rock, okay, it's a rock. Somebody designed that too, according to what I believe. But yeah. what I'm saying is the design argument says when you just look at things, man, there had to be a designer. Does that make sense? It definitely does, yeah. I mean, you look at really anything. For me, you kind of go outside and you look up at the sky and it's nighttime. and yes. That is complex. Yeah. You know, you need people, you need like an astrophysics degree to even be able to start to think you know that, what you're talking about That's up there. exactly, that's so. exactly right. And, you know, it says in the Acts 14, 17, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heavens and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. It's an awesome verse. He goes right on and talks about God's creating and sustaining abilities. And he says in Acts 17, 27, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. But let's, let's look at this design argument a minute. Here's, the, here's a couple of things that trip me out. If you were to go and play a piano, okay. imagine what has to happen inside the human body for you to play a piano. Let's just say a written piece of music. You have to look at the music. It right. has to instantaneously go into your eyes, and then you'd have to, it would instantaneously affect your brain and your nervous system, which then would affect chemicals that have to respond to each other so your muscles start moving, and then you have to use your ears as almost quality control, and you're sitting there playing the keys, and you're playing the song, and it's all happening instantaneously. It's like, that's pretty what? complex. It's true, and then you think about the fact that someone, <laughs> the piano came from somewhere too, you know, like that somebody thought to put the strings, to, and, the, and then what that's had right. to happen in their Beautiful Body example, beautiful example that the piano itself is an instrument of design. Right. I grew you had up, to have a my design. sister played piano, and I mean, I took lessons, but I, that didn't last very long. I was a mover, but my sister played piano and thinking about the sounds that came out of our piano room while she was just practicing is like... It's beautiful. It's one of my favorite it's, it's, things it's, it's to crazy. listen to still. So the human body is that complex. I'm not even going to get into DNA and genetic coding. And it's like, wow. But, 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 but listen, it's not just our human bodies and, and, and biology. It's also geology and, and, and the sciences there. Because listen to this. I'm going to read a couple of things that Hugh Ross wrote in his book that he had 36 of these things. And I'm just going to read a few. Okay. If the axial tilt of the earth were greater or lesser, the surface temperatures would be too harsh to support life as we know it. If the distance of the earth from the sun were greater, the earth would be too cool for a sustainable water cycle. But if the distance were less, the earth would be too warm for a stable water cycle. If the length of a day were greater, the temperature differences would be too great to sustain life. But if the day were shorter, the atmospheric wind velocities would be too great to survive. If the gravity on the surface of the earth were stronger, the atmosphere would retain too much ammonia and methane, which is poisonous. But if the gravity were less, the atmosphere would lose too much water. I mean, he's got 36 of these things that, that are just written out just saying there had to be a designer. This is all design, man. Right. This just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Let me give you another one. Okay. There's, there's the argument that's called the moral argument, Okay. Yeah. And, and I find this very interesting because all the time we, we read about cultures, and cultures have something very similar, whether we like to admit it or not. Okay. They crack down on certain behaviors. Okay? That's so you, true. you would barely find a culture that, that is completely okay with murder and theft. And yep. 
most cultures would say adultery. Yeah. Okay. They will come down on that. You know what I mean? In terms right. of in terms of social norms and, and with the murder and theft, obviously that's gonna be laws. Right. Right. Well, if you have all of these laws and they're just innate sense that we got these laws from something that we feel is just this is right and this is wrong. If we have a moral sense of law, if we have natural law, then there has to be a moral law giver. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it, it does. just doesn't come from anywhere. And we talked about that a little bit last podcast when we talked about relativism, or was it two podcasts ago? But we talked a little bit about the relativism because, man, listen, if somebody admits that there is a standard of right and wrong, then they admit that there is a law. If they admit yep. that there is a law, then you have to say, where did that law come from? Did it come from? Well, it just comes from inside of us. Oh, it does? Okay. Or is there a moral law giver? And so one of the things that people will say is, well, I don't think there's a sense of right and wrong. You just, all you have to do is talk about fairness. Well, let's talk about what's fair and what's not fair. Is it fair when somebody gets something taken from them? Let's say a, a, a person gets their lunch stolen from them and they don't have lunch. Is that fair? Well, no, that's not fair. Now you have a moral law. Now there's a place that you can say, this is what my line is, and everybody yeah. does have that. Um, right. And you're right. This does kind of go back to that postmodern conversation that we were having. And right. Kind of those arguments against the complete, like, you do whatever right. you want, I'll do whatever I want. But mindset. everybody has the same sense. This is the, this, yeah. is the this is the argument from the morals. If everybody has this sense of unfairness, and fairness. If everybody has this sense that to murder somebody for no reason is wrong, and if everybody has a sense that 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 genocide, you know, is like, I mean, you'd have to right. be really, really something wrong with you in really a dark place to, to really believe that genocide or slavery is good, right? Right. No, no. We all have this sense. Thievery. Man, no culture accepts thievery at all. Well, where, if we all believe the same thing, and we, let's say we, we don't even know where we, be, we learned it from. It's just a sense inside of us. God has given us the morals. The moral lawgiver has given us moral laws. That's a strong argument for the case for evidence for God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to throw one more out there. Okay. okay? Because this is one that, that most people don't go to. It's like a and, bonus. And this is a bonus. All because right. I've done a lot of thinking about this one lately, and I'm like, this is a really strong argument that weighs heavily in the evidence of God okay. existing. It's the idea and the argument from art and ideas. Here's why I'm saying that. Darwinist theory, people who don't believe that God exists, right. you have to you pretty much have to believe in Darwinism, which is survival of the fittest, and that the only reason for somebody existing is to reproduce self and survive. Okay? That's okay. the only reason. It's not a very well, exciting reason to be alive. It, it is, it, but it's, it's, it's the animal kingdom. Right. It really is. They perpetuate themselves. They look for food. Everybody thinks, oh, birds are awesome. I'd like to be a bird. Man, I can just fly around free all day long. You know what? They're all day long looking for food. I mean, that's hardly freedom. That's what they're doing all day long. Once in a while, they'll catch some wind and, and man, it'll be a fun ride. You know what I, I mean? You kind of ruined a daydream that I have. It's gone. 100% so gone. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for you're that. You're welcome. But here's the deal. Let's talk about ideas. Higher math. I'm talking about trigonometry. I'm talking about higher algebra. What's the reason for it? 
There are many, many societies on the earth that, that have no idea about geometry, trigonometry, higher algebra at all. I'm going to be honest. There are times that I wish that I was a part of that culture. Exactly. Here's what it you got to learn. It was not my strong suit. You know what you suit. have to know? And this is not a knock on that culture at all. They have to know how to add and subtract. And sometimes they have to know how to divide. Yep. Multiplying would be nice too. But if you're talking about surviving and running a business, that's really really what, that's you, what need, you need. That's what you need. Know? So where does the idea of trigonometry, where did that stem from? Right? And so Thomas Nagel said, he's, he's a, an apologist, and he said, something has happened that has gotten our minds into immediate contact with the rational order of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it says, by his divine power, this is 2 Peter 1.3, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his mar marvelous glory and excellence. Okay, that's ideas. I can go on and on about that. Right. But it's like, okay, where did it come from? It came from being created in the image of God and him allowing us to understand how this world works because there's no other reason for it. Yeah. What about art? Art is the same way. Art is one of the greatest distinguishing factors between us and animals. Let me tell you something about a spider. When it creates a web, it is beautiful. You ever seen a spider web? Yeah. One of you the most put a little things. dew on it in the morning and oh, it's, it's like. it's amazing, yeah. right? Here's the problem. That spider had no idea it was going to be beautiful. It doesn't even care. It doesn't even know a thing about beauty because it doesn't. That's true. It's, it's made to catch bugs, right? right? We look at it and we're like, wow, that's beautiful. Now, what, what in the world sense would it even make for us to understand beauty in order to create art if all that we're here for is to survive and reproduce? There would be no reason for art. There'd be no reason to recognize beauty as beauty. You're, I know you're a hiker. When, yeah. when, when you like to hike and you go stand on a precipice on a rock and all of a sudden you're, you're looking down in the valley, you're like, this is beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't well, get better. Why, why do you feel that? Because if, if, well, if there was why. no God, yeah. if there was no God, there would be no reason for you to even care about what that looks like and want to take a picture or want to come right. home. You're, I know you're a good artist, Lena, and, and to take and draw something or carve something and, 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 and reproduce that. But we right. do that because it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And that's, that's really an amazing thing. There's a lawyer. I'm going to just quote one more thing here. There's yeah. a lawyer, and, they, um, and his last name is Skeel, but he said, Christians believe that the sensations we associate with beauty reflect the deepest reality of our existence, that we are finite but made in the image of a transcendent God, and that we long for him. And so when we see beauty and we see art, and it just shows that we long for something that's otherworldly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that that's a really strong argument that, man, we get that from somewhere. It just doesn't come from nowhere. For sure. And honestly, what a gift that God made us that way, you know? Because what our life, like you said, it would just be reproduce and survive if we didn't have that fact about us that we're made in the image of this God who now we can recognize beauty, we can recognize these things. I get super hype about it and we don't have time for me to get super hype <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, that's right. We're out of time. But, but uh, no, this was this was awesome. Thank you for sharing all of yeah, this absolutely. with us and uh, we'll catch you 
Catch you on the flip side. Sounds we'll see good. You next see time. you next time. All righty. <laughs>